Okay, welcome everybody to a, uh, another episode of uh, Breaking Absolutes. Um, Want to remind folks if they're digging what we're doing here, where we are just we're talking to musicians that we think are um, kind of on the pushing the envelope. Um, and I don't mean just like with new material, but I mean in terms of the artists themselves. Uh, and we feel like, as a consequence, the work that they do deserves a broader audience. And so the hope is, of course, that initially we can um, do some exposure to folks who are on Twitch and and help them see uh, and hear some of the great music from these artists. Um, and then downstream and VOD and podcast, the same thing. Um, so we try not to just go through some of the typical standard radio questions, but get to know the artist a little bit better um, and certainly talk about their music, but also other creative endeavors. Uh, so with that, that in mind, um, I'm pleased today uh, to have uh, a guest from Amon Marth. Um, his his uh, publicist was, I was grateful that she was able to put us together. Um, I've been a fan of the band for a long time. I think they were early in, in um, some of the genre work that they do. Um, so we'll just get on and we'll have a conversation and, uh, see how Jock is doing. Let me pull him in here. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Yeah. It's, um, Good. doing okay. We had a couple of technical errors, so that's why we're a little, uh, a little behind <laughs> the time, but that, that's okay. We'll make up for lost time. Um, before we dive into all the rest, um, I like to just get a pulse from folks on how they've been weathering this COVID storm over the past 18 months. So All right. How, how are you doing? How's it been for you? How, you've, how have you managed? Uh, I mean, it's been, it's been sad, of course, not being able to, to play and express yourself via the music, but um, there are, are other things to do, you know? Sure. You can always uh, write new stuff practice a lot and uh, also somewhat enjoy uh, not being away from home for a while. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. I've, I've heard a lot of uh, musicians say that the mixed blessing of the whole thing has been time at home, whether that was time with family or a time to finally get to recording projects that have been kind of sitting on the back burner. Um have you had any of that with like um, material you wanted to write that just with the touring schedule and, and all the other demands on your time that you finally had time to do? Well, of course, it's nice to be able to catch up with things you wanted to do. But since I work with playing music, uh, it's like I just wanted to do other stuff pretty much. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, well, I, um, I, um, started streaming myself. That's cool. Uh, so that's pretty much all I've been doing. Well, except for, for working because I still have to work, you know, uh, with music. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, there is nothing new in this camp, honestly. I mean, in my personal camp. <laughs> yeah. Uh, except for for drumming more and more intense than you do on uh, on uh, on on tour, for instance. Yeah. So, um, can you share with us, like, since you've been able to kind of ha 
you know, relax a little bit from the demands of the music career, some of the kinds of things that you've uh, enjoyed doing. Sounds like you started, were you streaming before COVID or is that something you started with COVID? I I started uh, thanks to COVID, I would say. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mainly it's because it's like, I think it's the closest way, uh, closest thing uh, for me to play live you know yeah yeah <laughs> uh so uh yeah i i still want to play live and i try to try to uh stream as much as possible i had a break now for a month maybe but uh i'll be i'll be back but uh yeah it's the closest thing to playing live and that's what i like about it you know and and i get to play whatever songs i want to and not only the ones we normally play live as well yeah yeah uh, what are a couple of the tunes that you play for yourself that you don't always get to play live that you like? I mean, from the band wise, uh, both, but uh, both band oh, both. and maybe <laughs> if you're if you're jamming out to some other artists that you dig, it'd be fun to hear some of the stuff that you enjoy to play for fun. Uh, I tend to play a lot of power metal because that's my my origin when it comes to drums. Yeah. Um, so you know, Dragon Force, Rhapsody. Edgai, Avantasia, Stratovarius, all those classic uh, power metal bands. Oh, that's a good list. Uh, as well as, as the newer ones, I would imagine. So, But I also have this thing in my in my stream, um, and I don't want to make too much commercial for my own stream, but it's like... No, go ahead. Uh, I ask the, the viewers what Amon Amarth songs they want to hear, uh, and and I pick one from each album, right? So uh, I turn it into like a mini, mini, mini show, so, oh, so to say. Cool. Uh, and uh, th- in that way, I get to practice our songs. And I also get to play songs that I don't, uh, that we don't play live ever, you know. Yeah. So, and uh, by the end of it, I would, I would probably, I will have played all of the songs, which is going to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a lot of tunes to play. Yeah, when do you I love albums? <laughs> um, um, share with with the folks who are gonna um, that are with us live now, and the folks that'll see this after. Do you have a, mm-hmm. a regular sh- streaming schedule that we can share with them so that they know where to find you and when? Uh, no, <laughs> it's just kind of when you feel it's it. Like, yeah, pretty much. But I, I I try to when I'm active on stream, which I'm not now, but. Uh, I will be, and I try to do it like two, maybe three times a week. But it's so bad because that my schedule is like one thirty p.m. Uh, Central European time, which is like mainly nighttime or very early morning time in the U.S. Yeah. So, uh, but that's the only time I I can be live, if not earlier, which would be even worse. Uh, because of uh, yeah, we have a baby here at home, and uh, oh, congratulations! To, thank you. We need to take care of of him and the, the routines and everything. So that's the only time I can do it. But it seems popular anyway to to actually play live. Yeah, Twitch. I like it. Yeah, I, I, sure. I like it a lot. It's nice to I- interact with with uh, the viewers and uh, other people than just family band members uh and you know the the normal people that i hang out with 
Yeah, it's nice to in, interact with the the fans as well. Yeah. Do you ever take requests? Does anybody ever say, "Hey, play this tune"? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, but it's like people can re- 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 uh, request songs, absolutely. But I have this. I mean, my 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 stream is my stream, right? So yeah, yeah. Mainly, I play whatever the fuck I want to play. Uh, but if someone wants me to play a specific song right now, then I say, like, hey, you donate $10, and then I will play it no matter what. If I heard it or not, I will, I will play it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it, it works out. But I- um, in general, I think people just want to hear me play uh, whatever I feel like. Yeah, So. Yeah, that's right. Get a, set, get a sense of your, your musical things. I was thinking mostly yeah. in terms of, like, if people had favorite uh, Amon Amarth tunes, they mm-hmm. might, might want to hit you up. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I'm on a Marth. Songs are normally free <laughs> because I, 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 I play them anyway. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's nice. But also, a bit tiring playing our songs all the time as well. So that's why I spice it up with my own personal music uh, musical reference. Do you um? Are there any like songs that you play? And and this could also be something. A question about um future interest musical interest but is there any of the music that you uh, are doing for the stream or are thinking about for the future that is just yours that you've composed it and that it's it's your music like it's sort of entirely well i'm you mean songs that i'm made or yeah. we made in the no band? no i'm talking about like a song that that you wrote um that you might be all oh, right you know um wanting to share or part of a project that you're sort of building towards. I, I love to find out if, if uh, musicians I talk to in addition to their work inside the group, if they've got any aspirations for solo work or different collaborations. Well, to be honest, I cannot play anything else except for drums. So it's going to be hard to like, Hey, this is my song, you know, Yeah, yeah. but I have, I, I have some tunes that I, uh, that I made and I actually play them uh, on stream. But it's like, it's, it's not that I play them like this is my song and I'm going to play drums on top of it, but it, it's just like, hey, I, re- I recorded this and this is what it sounds like pretty much. I just played it back to them. And yeah. it, that, that was pretty popular as well. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about... Um... I know that some of the folks that follow um, my stream and and certainly the sort of subsequent VOD and um, and podcasts are musicians, uh, and mm-hmm. and um, one of the things I like to do is talk a little bit about process. So I'm wondering um, if you can talk to us about how you've kind of developed the maturity of your skill um, over time. If there are certain techniques that you have adopted that you find successful that you could share. Um, or, um, if, you know, how you feel about formalized training versus sort of a lot of wood shedding on your own, can you kind of give us a a look inside your process as a drummer and your, and your sort of growth to where you're at? Well, I can give you my, uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to split it up like this, my, my background and my goal. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, so I started out playing like black metal and really fast music in the beginning um, 
we had this uh, this band here in Stockholm called uh, Valkyria, which is they are still active. Um, and I played with them. Oh, I don't know, maybe ten years, maybe even more. I don't know. Uh, and my goal was always to be like fast, fast, solid, tight. Uh, that that was my goal. So I so my so I played in a black metal band, and I always been listening to power metal because that was like, yeah, that's what I wanted to play <laughs> uh, at first. And also, when when growing up musically, I wanted to play in a power metal band. But um, yeah, so I I have this sense of melodies, but I would say I have the force the force and power from black metal. So that's why ending up in Amara Marth was such a perfect thing because I get the melodies from the from what I want to play, but I also get to play faster stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, practicing, I honestly prefer practicing on my own, you know? A lot of people say like, hey, you should always practice with your band, and I disagree because... I think practicing on my own makes more sense. It's more fun. Uh, I get to practice what I want and not only the songs we need to play, but I can practice like kick drums for two hours, which I cannot do if we were a band in a rehearsal room, you know? Right, yeah. So that's pretty much what I do when I practice. Just practice what I think I need to practice and then I practice it for eight hours a day wow in two for two weeks and then then i know it you know it's a it's a lot of hard work but it's uh yeah that's a heavy regimen <laughs> for sure wow yeah but yeah but it's super fun i love playing drums it's uh so much so much fun and it's like a i mean my studio is my sanctuary you know when i go there i can be I can just be me. Well, I'm always me, but it's like I can just let everything else go and just sit there. And if I have a bad day, I can just like, I don't know, scroll my phone and then also do, I don't know, 200 BPM kick drum practice for two hours. You know, it's just like I sit there, my feet goes and I just, I don't know, play Candy Crush or whatever, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. If you get to some some independent thought while you're tra- getting your sort of muscle memory going, um, yeah, your feet, yeah, that's super cool. So, um, so it sounds like, um, in terms of sort of training, it's really just you. You're very self-taught. Just a lot of discipline, um, and sort of taking influence from groups you've heard in order to build your own style and stamina. Is that a fair characterization? Absolutely, yes. I mean, I, I have copied so much <laughs> from other drummers uh, growing up because like, oh, I like how this guy plays this thing, but I also like the maybe the feels of this guy and I like the accents of the symbols but from this guy. And then I just took all these um, things from different drummers and I just combined it to my own to my own style i would say but also at the same time i i'm gonna say i don't have a specific style but it's like that non-existing specific style 
became my style, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. But I... it's so, so, so many in uh, so much, how do you say it? So much, uh, yeah, I, I was so inspired by so many drummers yeah. back in the days. And uh, yeah, they all made me who I am today. And now when I, when I play in Amar Amarth, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of them as well and explain to them like, hey, when I was uh, 16 years old, I listened to this record uh, that you recorded and it just kept me going, you know, this specific album. Uh, like Alex Holzwarth from uh, Rhapsody, he also plays in, uh, he also recorded the two first Avantage albums. And I told him like, man, you have no idea what you did for me. Yeah. on those two albums it was like no what and i explained to him over a f- over a few beers when when we played in germany there and he was like holy shit i didn't know that you know and uh <laughs> the same with felix bonke from uh edgai avantasia yeah it was insane are there any of your sort of drummer uh influences or heroes that you would would still like to meet at some point yes uh i would love to meet dave mcintosh for, uh the original drummer from dragon force oh yeah yeah i haven't met him yet well it's a it's a it's a sm- small enough metal community i have to think sooner or later you guys are going to be on a bill where you guys are going to cross paths yeah i mean <laughs> for every festival we, we 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 play like summertime mainly um i always check what bands play at the same stage mainly as we do because then we will share the same backstage area but also i check the other bands like oh i want to meet this guy and then when we get to the festival i just make myself ready i have lunch i do whatever and then i go just go look for people you know try to hang out and introduce myself and say hey man you did this for me thank you very much i do i just want to show my appreciation and i don't know maybe grab a few beers afterwards you know it's like yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, I envy you that. Uh, I've got a bunch of musical influences, mostly vocalists. That uh, I've met many of them, but I, there's there's some that I would love to meet just to um, thank them for their music, you know, and the the impact it's had. So yeah, that's a that's a cool opportunity you get. Speak um, speaking of that, while we're on the topic, um, can you share with us any plans right now? I know that. I know the world can change in terms of COVID at any moment, but generally I think that there's feeling that the world's getting back to normal. Cause I know festivals and tours are starting to get booked. What, what are your plans? Do you guys, does, do you guys have some fairly solid plans you can share? Uh, no, no. Okay. <laughs> still in the works. <laughs> yeah. Still in the works. Uh, and I mean, we always plan ahead, but it's like, nothing will get confirmed until things ease up, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm hoping that, um, I've seen a few festivals start to, to publish some things. So I'm hoping that, um, that'll accelerate and we'll get to see you guys out on the road, um, sometime soon. Is I, I yeah, I really hope so as well. I mean, the festivals that are opening up and the tours that are happening are mainly happening in, in the U S right. I haven't seen a lot of, festivals in in europe in or europe. tours in europe in general so i think that mo- mo- most of the things are that are happening are happening in the u.s am i right oh, you know you I might be so. you might be right about that yeah i know that a um, few of the tours i've seen definitely are domestic although i was talking i was talking a few be- 
weeks back with Thomas um, Nightwish, and I feel like they had some things, some European things, um, but I'm not remembering well. Um, but neither. No, no you're, you're, you're right. I, I think I saw that as well. But that was like, there was, it was this fall, winter, I, I believe. Yeah, in it, Europe. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um it it's more in the fall. So the the summer festival season in Europe, you might be right, might be kind of um, you know, yeah, it's canceled. We, yeah, not getting much there. But into the fall, I think that there's a lot of folks. Again, that'll that could all change. But I think there's some positive thinking, <laughs> and uh, there's a little bit of planning. And I certainly know some of those groups are are planning to come to the U.S. So, um, you know, maybe that'll maybe everything else will start to open up. Um, yeah, I hope so. Are you guys, you know, I've seen a lot of bands do these virtual, these virtual shows. Is that something you think you'd ever consider? Or is that just not your deal? Uh, we'd consider it, uh, but I don't think, uh, I don't think we came to the conclusion with anything. So time will tell. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So That's let- pretty much also, also why, why I do my own streams, you know, because um, uh, I want to, I, I want to show off as well <laughs> yeah and it gives you uh, gives you uh, a, another way to sort of stay sharp right for when when things do open up um, exactly yeah um it, so during this last year plus um have have you guys as collectively as a group have you um done any sort of additional planning for the next record with any of this time or have you kind of just independently taken the time to do individual things i mean in terms of uh sorry in terms of writing new music we're always writing new music uh depending on i mean no um even if it's downtime or no you know yeah. We always write new music, but um, I think uh, there's a lot of things besides uh, writing music that is also important that we do. Yeah, uh, merch, uh, social media, and everything. So we we try to stay busy. I mean, we are really busy, but uh, yeah, and I think a lot of guys in the band took the opportunity as well to do like personal stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe just not practice every day, but uh also do like stuff at home. Home maybe home improvement or yeah. I don't know, taking your taking up your old digging up your old bike and going for rides. I don't know what's you know. No, that makes sense to like me. That. I think that's really <laughs> healthy. Um I think that that's really healthy to, you know. I it'll also like I know that this is kind of a an obvious statement, but it also sort of fills the creative well, you know, for you to do some other things so that when you guys get ready to oh, yeah. um, do your next record, there's just, you know, you're fresh, really fresh. Um, yeah. So I think that's, I think it's awesome um, that everybody's kind of taking some time to do things. You, you mentioned that you have a, a new baby. Is that within the last year or two? Is that pretty recent? Yeah. He's, uh, he's turning eight month pretty soon. That's so cool. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's one of those COVID <laughs> guys. <laughs> That's at least one of the things you've been doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's great. That's really he's, cool. Uh, super, super happy. Um, is he your first? Yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. I remember I remember my first. That's a that's a cool feeling. Yeah, it is super weird to see me 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 running around here at home. Well, he's not running yet, but uh he will be pretty shortly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you got to teach him drums. Oh, yeah. Pass along his sure. legacy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 trying, but uh he's not too too happy to learn new stuff yet. Yeah. Just yet. So um, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, you're doing the streaming. Do you have any, like, very specific other creative interests besides music? Um, I know that some artists, they paint or they are, they write um, stories. Some, you know, there's, I'm, I'm always interested if in learning a little bit more if an artist has some additional creative interests or if their creative focus is entirely on the music. My creative, uh, yeah, everything I do creatively is is towards music, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but on my spare time, m- m- maybe not only to relax, but I try to improve my 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 uh, my gaming skills. Oh, nice! <laughs> uh, and I also built my own Discord server. You know. It's very popular uh, and uh, stuff like that. Ma- ma- mainly computer things, I would say, is my other uh, outlet for my creative side. But I don't have anything else, you know. Painting, I would love to be able to paint. I would love to be able to write uh, stories as well. But uh, I don't have the... Well, the time and uh, yeah, you just don't the have focus, an inclination. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you um, you talked about gaming. I worked for fifteen years at Xbox. Are you a console gamer oh. or a PC gamer or both? I was a console gamer gamer until I bought my PC <laughs> uh, because I had a PlayStation Four. Uh, well, I still have it, but. Pretty much all the games that I could use mouse and keyboard for uh, on on PlayStation, I used my mouse and keyboard. So the transition to PC gaming was not so hard. And I've always been a PC gamer before. Uh, yeah, in, in, my, in my younger days. Uh, so the tra- transition wasn't too too hard for me. Yeah. So so I, I w- and now that I played PC for uh, a year almost again <laughs> uh I can yeah I'm I'm never going back to console again never Is it is it just uh, the input controls the controller so you prefer keyboard and mouse or do you is there something else about PC gaming you pr- prefer Well m- mainly it's it's just the the controller thing but also it's uh for uh, for Call of Duty Warzone that I play a lot now, uh. Uh, there are so many things you can change, uh, like the field of view and everything, and you get better FPS and everything with a PC. You know, it's so much more. Yeah, it just improves your, the the performance of the game pretty much running on PC. So yeah, that's pretty much why I bought this PC to be able to play Warzone in 
higher resolution and better FPS and better options and everything. So, so is that your uh, primary game, Call of Duty? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, I, 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 I play Among Us uh, occasionally okay. when I get like invited to, to some some other other streamers and they want to have me on board as well. Uh, but mainly it's Call of Duty. Yeah. Have you have you uh, dipped your toe in any of the Fortnite craze? That's just not your jam. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I I started out with Fortnite before I ah. uh, I joined the Warzone community. But uh, I think I mean Fortnite is cool and everything, but it's like it's so childish. You know the graphics, the layout, the world uh, where you play. It's like nah, I. No, you prefer the realism. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely where um, PC can absolutely uh, it, it far far supersedes the console because as powerful as yeah. the, even the new consoles are, um, PC the ability to upgrade your PC with a new DGPU every year, um, you know, chips chipsets are getting faster, CPUs are getting faster. Yeah, you can just stay on and and the developers i just know this from when i was in the industry you know developers are some of them love to take advantage of all of that horsepower and they can deliver a, a far more realistic experience on a pc than they can a console so yeah it makes sense totally yeah all right so you're a you're a warzone player yeah do you st- uh, i haven't <laughs> seen your stream do you do you game on your stream do you play the game on your stream occasionally yeah yeah, I mean, I want to do it more, uh, but uh, it's hard with the time zones and trying to um, to uh, yeah adapt my 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 gaming uh, stream from home together with everything I have, else I have to do at home. So maybe. I, I stream games, but when I do it, it's like nighttime and then I'm pretty tired and I don't perform my best. And it's like, uh, it's, it's just fun to hang out with the, the chat, you know, it's yeah. in, 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 instead of actually focusing on the game, it's just a distraction to, to, well, it's just a, another reason to hang out with the chat. I think, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying makes tons of sense to me. When I was at Xbox, uh, I spent um, several years on the Xbox live team. That's the online mm-hmm. gaming service that Microsoft has. And um, that's what we found. Uh, people, um, certainly they like to compete, but there was a lot of folks that just love to get on so that they could have the camaraderie, um, the social experience. Um, you know, and then the gaming's cool, but it's kind of a thing to do in order to bring you together. So, yeah, yeah, very much, Definitely. very much like your, um, like your stream. You get to interact with a bunch of your fans, uh, which is cool. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, so, um, when, when we, when we're all done at the very end, um, I'll be sure to, to, uh, post a link to your, um, your, your, uh, stream so that people can get over there and come, you know, follow you. So they know when you hop on so they can get on and hear you jam. Um, right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, love to love to bring the the metal community together. That's, I mean, that's one of the big reasons I joined Twitch was to uh, start to make some friends and and have conversations with other um, 
metal fans, um, and principally with, I've been fortunate. I've had, um, some really, you know, uh, esteemed, uh, metal musicians that I've gotten to talk to like yourself. Um, yeah, I saw you had, a Mr. Howard there as well. Yeah. I talked to him last week, uh, which was super cool. Um, um, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of interesting when you, you get a chance to talk to these, my, my experience is that, and this, this, this is equally true with you is that you meet these heroes of yours that are do you know, doing the thing that you aspire to do and, and they're doing it at such a high level. And, um, I've not had an experience yet like this, where the person hasn't been a very humble, authentic person. You know, I haven't, I'm sure that there are, are, are um, sort of the rock star attitudes out there, but I've been lucky because guys like Howard, guys like yourself, um, some of the guys from dream theater that I talked to Tuomos from Nightwish, all of, all of you guys just have this sort of down to earth, um, per, these down to earth personalities that are really approachable. And, um, I think, I just, I think it's really cool. Cause I think it could be easy for you guys, you know, given the stature that you've built inside the metal community to, uh, be disillusioned with the fans. You know, and just you know, or or yeah. just want some time for yourself. So it's uh, it's cool to hear that um, you know you find ways to interact. I think you know even the folks that are with us now, um, and that'll f- watch this later. Um, I think that resonates with them. So that's kind of just a kudos to you. I I think we we appreciate that about you guys. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's really important for well for everyone in general to to not let the ego uh run away with you you know it's like yeah yes i play in a big band but i'm still a normal guy you know i i i i use the bathroom i eat i uh i wash my car you know i i move my lawn it's like everything everyone has to do that so so it doesn't matter if you're headlining vacant open air or if you're just meeting someone at the local grocery store, you still have to be like a very down to earth guy. I, I think that's really important. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. There are w- one of the things that happens. Um, I've heard this now a couple of times is there are these, these websites that publish um, what, and this is not, there's no grounding for in facts for this information, but they'll publish uh, what they declare as a, a musician's um, net worth. And so they'll say, oh, well, Jacques worth $3 million. And they, they have, <laughs> okay. they have no, they have no evidence for this. It, this isn't written by journalists or bankers or anything like that. It's just people who can get on and sort of publish this information. So inside some of these communities I've seen, these fan communities, there's this perception that these musicians are just um, making money hand over fist. And they're, you know, and the truth is, most of the music, musicians I know, even in some of the biggest bands like you are, um, it's they still have to work. I mean, they're, they're still like they're working musicians. They don't they don't um, play a show, make a million dollars, and then you know go back to a a gold plated mansion. Um, and so you know, hearing you talk about, well, I wash my car, I I mow my lawn. I mean, I think it's very grounding to hear that someone that has um, it has a professional career is also human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not the 1980s anymore, you know? It's, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. You don't. There's not um, bands rolling in huge contracts because of a, a music video on MTV, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> those oh. those days are over. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask you. Uh, um, I don't know if it's a controversial question, but I'd love your opinion if you're willing to offer it. And that is, there's certainly a lot of um, polarized feelings around um, streaming platforms. And I mean, places mm-hmm. like Spotify and the others. And um, part, on one side of the argument, there's, hey, it's great discovery. It's um, uh, availability. It's distribution. Uh, an opportunity for it to be um, um, marketed and, and um, available to a lot of fans. But on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, another drummer that um, I, I know, uh, Mike Portnoy, who used to, to drum for Dream Theater, he made a comment about... I don't know, six, eight months ago, he said, I'm, I'm going to make like eight records this year and I am making pennies. So I just, I wondered like what your experience is there. If you, if you feel good about where the industry is with the big streaming partners, or if you think there's, uh, you know, room, a lot of room for improvement. There's a lot of room for improvement. Absolutely. I mean, especially in the, like paying the artist more, yeah. Say like Spotify, they 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 stream your song, I don't know, uh, a billion times. You get like I don't know, ten dollars at the most, you know. Yeah. Uh, and that that sucks, but still, the digital platforms are really really good to get the exposure uh, you need in these days, in these modern days. Yeah. And we are really lucky to to be a major band in uh, in the heavy metal uh, genre, and most fans uh, in the heavy metal genre they actually buy stuff. Still, you know, it's it's like a sense of pride to be able to show off the entire limited edition uh uh what do you say like this album or these albums uh by this band uh and th- and then they can tell their friends like hey i have all the limited editions of these of these records right yeah that's right and they buy vinyls and they buy shirts still uh compared to the let's say the pop genre where streaming is bigger and the artist makes a lot a lot more money uh but they don't sell as much like merchandise um and actual cds maybe i don't know probably no i think you're right i think you're right so yeah so we get the exposure and we don't make a lot of it but we earn the money in another way like merchandise and cds and vinyls uh, but the pop artist makes money from streaming uh, and not so much from the rest. So I think it's like, it's not 50-50, of course, but uh, but I'm grateful that the fans actually buy, buy stuff still. <laughs> yeah, you make a really interesting point. I was speaking um, a week or two ago with a woman from London who is, uh, she's a metal fan, but she's also a, a doctoral candidate at uh, mm. a college in London. And so she, as an anthropologist, she actually looks at metal culture 
And um, one of her theses um, that she's written pretty extensively on is this idea inside the metal community of the signifier. Um, and this has many expressions, but it, it, it's exactly what you're talking about. Like this, this idea of um, cred, sort of cred uh, that is uh, made, you know, in evidence by the patch that you put on, you know, every, everybody knows that one of the things many metal fans do is they'll have a jacket or they'll have something that they'll have patches that show um, their presence at a concert or a tour or a festival. Um, they, they purchase um, the t-shirts of course, which is also a, I was there type of, you know, declaration. It's a signifier and the same holds true for, you know, having um, limited run merchandise of all kinds. And I think metal fans, they participate and they sort of, they have a sort of a community, uh, a relationship around these things that are expressions of their fandom in a way that um, most other genres don't. Of course, all of everybody sells t-shirts and stuff. And I'm, and I'm sure when you go to the concert, those sell for anybody, but it's, um, and I don't know if the gap between what Ariana Grande is making with her streaming royalties and what um, a metal band is able to sell in merch is equivalent. You know, I, I, um, I suspect that, that it's not. But the, um, the, it's, it's a bit, I think, um, I think they're starting to show on the data that it's untrue that metal's like this, this deep, deep um, niche uh, genre, especially in Europe. Um, um, and I, 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 you know, you can't see it in my office here, but I've got a bunch of that stuff too. That is, you know, my favorite bands. So, um, so now since, since we've kind of talked about that, um, tell us where, you know, because I think it's important for people to support bands they love is the main place that we would want to suggest people go to get your merch is like a band website. Is it, um, and, and can you give us the URL so we know where to go? Uh, yeah, it's uh, victoriousmerch.de, I believe. Okay. That's that's where we sell most of our stuff. Okay. Is uh, Well, th th that's the official Amon Amarth store, at least. So. Okay. Well, that would probably be the one where you guys have the most vested interest, right? If you if people buying it elsewhere, you're probably starting to share the revenue with distributors and stuff more. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'll be sure and put a link to that so we can encourage people to, uh, I think it's cool. Um, awesome. Thanks. So I, um, I know we've touched on this a little bit, um, uh, and maybe you can't share this, but is there, is there a, a, a maybe even a, a season when, um, fans can be looking forward to a next record or is it just too far in the future? You haven't got plans for that. I cannot share anything. Fair enough. Well, we'll just we'll just watch the, the yeah. your social uh, channels for uh, clues in the future. Yeah, we we did uh, release a re-recording of an old song from the Crusher album, uh, "Masters of War," though, because uh, that album turned twenty years. Yeah, this year. Wow. So we we re-recorded one of the songs and and uh, released it like. Uh, four weeks ago, maybe I believe. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, I missed that, but the, the, one of the downsides of, um, you know, cool platforms like this to stream is if, if I, if I, uh, 
like I could I could boot up a, a window and we could play it and talk about it together. But everything that happens while that music's going, they would redact um, because yeah, of the, the licensing. So yeah. uh, I ran into that with a, an interview I did with John Petrucci from Dream Theater. I played a new cut from the Liquid Tension Experiment 3 and a huge section of the interview got uh, muted because <laughs> the music was oh. playing. And so that was a huge bummer because there's, you know, we were talking about the new record and that's one of the reasons you like to have these conversations is so people know how they can support the band. But um, anyway, so, um, all right. So we'll, we'll, we'll have a family of links that we'll send people to. So for folks who haven't heard the re-recording, um, we'll point them to that uh, in the, in, when we post the show. Um, in addition to the folks who are on now, like you guys can go, all you folks who are watching now, you could just open a window right now and and uh and listen to it is it did you guys do a a video for it yeah we made this uh lyrical video for it on it's on youtube uh you can find the song on spotify and pretty much all the digital digital platforms i believe okay yeah i'm sure i'm sure hey so um i know this is kind of a remedial question but um uh, it, it always interests me when i especially when i'm talking to a musician to understand if there are new new artists that are exciting them, because I, I remember when I was starting to come into the genre, and then as a as a musician who was aspiring to succeed in the genre, um, new new records and new bands that would kind of come on the scene would kind of fire me up, uh, get me inspired. I'm wondering if that happens for you, and if there's any groups that have popped up in the last five years that just really you know kick you in the pants to to keep pushing <laughs> uh on top of my head no uh but i mean there there are so many good bands that i want to listen to and uh but i don't have the time yeah. to listen to but uh let's see i'm, I'm just gonna check my my uh my Spotify here <laughs> to see what I actually listen to. Okay, so we have this band from Norway uh, called In Vain. They're really good. Uh, and we also have uh, Unleash the Archers, really oh, yeah. good band. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I tend to go back, you know, to uh, when when I search for let's say I search for in inspiration or songs to play uh, on my stream. I go back to my origins, you know, the power metal uh, genre. Yeah. Uh, and then I just, I don't know, it feels like I'm kind of uh, locked with, within these, these specific hundred albums, you know, yeah. <laughs> that I grew up listening to. Uh, so it's really hard, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I think that's normal. I was talking to um, a, a metalcore band um, called Brent Rambler from August Burns Red. And mm -hmm. um, he was talking about this very same thing. He was saying, and even with their fans, he said a lot of the folks who sort of uh, became metalcore fans and became their fans, um, like they have this soft spot for the first few records. So even a lot of times when they're coming out on tour, there's, there's kind of a latent expectation that they – you know, they play some of those songs because so many of the fans that are still following them are the original fans. Um, yeah. 
So uh, do you find that true for Amana Marth as well? Is, it, is a lot of your audiences folks who've been with you for 20 years? Or are you seeing a good mix of people who are discovering you because of places like Spotify in the last five years? Uh, both. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been uh, in the band for five years now. And when I started, uh, we did the first tours for the Yom's Viking album. Uh, the guys in the band said uh, that they're starting to discover uh, a younger generation That's coming to the shows uh, with their parents that has the old merchandise, you know? Yeah. So the parents brings their their kids to the show to tell them like, hey, listen to this band. It's really, really good. And and I started thinking about that, and I've seen younger and younger people coming to the shows as well. Uh, I mean, even in these in the these uh, five years, so that that that's pretty cool. We have both new and old hardcore fans, you know. But uh, if they're expecting to see or hear uh, the older stuff, I don't know, you know. Uh, in my chat, there are some people saying like, hey, can you play this song from this album? And it turns out that that album is like the first album. Uh, and when we play live, it's like we play, it's hard not to play the hits, you know, we, sure. we need to play the hits, the uh, the songs that people, like the signature Amon Amarth songs. But we did a show 2017 on Summer Breeze. Uh, actually, we, we did two shows. We did like a one main set and then we did a, 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 what do you say, like a special set where we played the older stuff as well, uh, which was really cool. But I watched the, the audience on those two shows to see if it really made, uh, was true that like the younger people like the newer stuff and the hits and the older stuff and the older people, older fans, I would say, uh, enjoy the older stuff even more. And I think that's that's actually true. We had more older people for the special show where we played the rare songs, if you may. And then for the main gig, we had a younger audience to uh, to see the hits and the newer songs. You know, that's, um, I'm not in your shoes, but I would think that that's a really good thing um, because yeah. it su suggests that um, whether the whether musically someone considers the the generations drastically different, the point is, is you've got um, newer fans that are coming out to, you know, shows and um, not all, not all, touring rock groups can say that um, um some can of course but that's uh, i'm i'm very happy to hear that that's awesome um yeah i like it well yeah man that uh, that's career longevity right there <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh i'm always also interested to ask this question um are there any of the tunes that um well let me ask two questions the first is um in your tenure in the band it, uh, how how involved are you in the writing process? 
Uh, are you, do they sort of leave you to create what, what the drums are going to be? Do they come in with ideas and suge make suggestions to you? How does that work? Uh, mainly it works like they make a complete song or, or maybe like fractures of it. And then they say, they send like, they send me a progr programmed drums, uh, and they tell me like maybe something like this, and then I take take it to the to my studio and I play those drums that they programmed, uh, and then I tell them like, hey, this is fucking wrong, <laughs> <laughs> or or I tell them like, hey, we can, we 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 can work with this, uh, but maybe in this specific way, like my signature way. Uh, or the way I prefer to play it. Um, so that's pretty much how we do it. Like they they gave, give me like an idea of how the drums are supposed to be, uh, and I you get to make it your own. Yeah, I spice them up a bit because they're not drummers, so they don't they don't know like how a drummer would think with accents or drum fills or uh, yeah syncopation and whatnot you know so it makes 100 percent sense to me in some of the compositions i've done i'll i'll write some guitar parts and then when i show them to the guitarist they kind of scratch their heads and said uh you can't really play that way like you're you're asking <laughs> guitarists to do things with their hands that are unnatural and i'm sure it's the yeah. same way for someone who's not a drummer trying to program drums um it's like yeah i can't move my hands that way that's not going to work um yeah it's like it's like five different things to hit at once <laughs> it's like no you, you can't do that it's like i only have two hands and two feet and the feet sound the same so it's like yeah <laughs> so uh so this was the other question i wanted to ask which kind of dovetails off that and that is um so inside the the catalog of songs that you guys play are is there any song that's like particularly challenging so like it's in the set and you know okay i gotta just kind of get geared up to make you know to nail this or at this point, is it all, you, you've done it so much that you can just, you know, uh, you're just on with the entire set. Are there any of those songs that really challenge you? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I mean, some songs have challenges in different way, but like playing, uh, the actual playing isn't hard, but it might be hard in remembering the structure or uh, yeah. Like if, if I ha haven't played that song for a while, I just have to refresh in my mind, you know, but there was one song that I, for the love of God, could not learn. We, we, we were supposed to play it on tour for every show. And I, I just couldn't learn that song, you know. I had like a piece of paper next to me that I sat like read while I played it, you know. Super weird, but uh, I finally learned that song when we did a uh, South American tour, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, only like two years, three years back now. So, but that was the most challenging part to learn a specific song. Uh, everything else is muscle memory, but that song. Oh man, I had so much regret 
as soon as that song was announced, I was like, oh no, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Hey, um, I know that some of the your fans here, of course, are going to know the the answer to this question, but I'd love for you to share it if uh, if you can. Um, and that is, tell us the story of your entrance into the band five years ago. All right, so. Uh, back in 2015, uh, Frederick announced that he was not going to be the drummer anymore. So I thought to myself, like, okay, I have to show myself somehow, right? So I recorded three songs. Uh, I was pretty new to recording stuff uh, on in, in my studio and with microphones and sound cards and preamps and everything. So... I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to wing it. I'm just going to record it. So I recorded three songs. I posted them on YouTube. They're not there anymore, by the way. Um, uh, but I didn't know how to get in contact with the band because I didn't have that kind of connection back then. But then it turned out that we, uh, Valkyria, was on the same record label as Amona Marth. We were a metal blade, both. And uh, my guitar player... Uh, in Valkyria, he said, "Hey, I, I can I can help you get the email address to uh, one of the guys." Fuck yeah! So he uh, he sent the videos to him, and uh, Yuan, uh, the guitar player, said, "Yeah, he seems like a solid guy, you know. But we're gonna try someone that we already know, a drummer they already know." So they did, and he recorded the Yom's Viking album. Um, but then for different reasons, he couldn't do the touring. Uh, he couldn't be away from home like eight weeks in a row and everything like that. So they asked him, like, do you know someone who can fill this spot really, really quick? And is a really solid um, drummer and a nice guy as well. And uh, Tobias, who is the drummer uh, for that album, uh, I have known him for several years, he said, yeah, you should try uh, Jukke. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I got an email from Olavi saying that, uh, hey man, uh, this is Olavi from Monomarth. We need to, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. And uh, yeah. And then uh, we arranged uh, three kind of audition me uh, meetings and the first time I had to play three songs, the second time I had to play 11 songs, and the third time I had to learn 24 songs. Wow. Uh, and all of those auditions were within a month and a half, maybe. So that, 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 that was really stressful because I had like a normal uh, nine to five job as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, it, Turns out they liked it, and uh, then we did uh, a really short, like press tour for the Jomsvaking album, uh, four shows in five days, I believe. And then we were home for two weeks, and then we did the the headline U.S. tour for eight week, eight weeks, and after four shows on that uh, uh, US headline tour uh, Olavi told me like yeah you're in so 
Yeah, that's very cool. Well, hey, um, yeah. the one of the one of the things that struck me at the very beginning of that story is that in your prior band um, is Valkyrie is the name of the band. Uh, yeah, Valkyria. Yeah, Valkyria. Uh, um, your your guitar player actually helped you exit the band effectively. Um, that's uh, you, you, did you guys have like just a really good friendship? Because that's um, I know some bands that would be reluctant to help somebody leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, we, we have been playing together for for ages in Valkyria, and uh, he he knew I was really aiming for bigger for a bigger purpose than just playing underground black metal, you know. Yeah, and he he knew me in such good way that he knew that I wasn't like, I, I, I was really fit for the band in Valkyria as well, but he knew that it wasn't my style and everything. And as soon as we announced the U S tour with Amon Amarth, uh, Valkyria also announced that they were going to the States, uh, at the same time. Uh, so we're, so we, they, really had to find another drummer they let me go and then they had to do the visas and everything for another drummer like within two weeks which was really really tough for them but they they, they solved it uh and let me go and i owe those guys a lot yeah for that. yeah that's i mean that speaks volumes i think about the people that they are um and and maybe it, it speaks to like what this whole my whole one of my ideas with this show breaking absolutes is and that is to kind of um break the the stereotypes and one of the stereotypes is a sort of narcissism um of musicians um and what the, these kinds of stories i think make, make clear is that uh at least not in every single instance of course but the, the prevailing um i think demeanor and behavior of uh, folks that are part of this community is one of, um, you know, goodwill, uh, you know, the, your, your friend there wanted you to succeed. He knew what your ambitions were and he found a way to, to, you know, at least help you a little bit on that path. Obviously you still had to have all the skill and, and all of that. Um, but that's a, you know, that's a, that's a testament, I think, to your friend in particular and the, the sort of metal community at large. Cause I, I, I hear that kind of story quite a bit um uh, kind of warms my heart a little bit you know people look, looking out for each other and in, in, the, in the pursuit of their dreams um yeah and it was really nice of them and and we're re really good friends still so no no hard feelings of course because he, he wanted to help and and he did so that's awesome so the last the last crazy question i'll ask you is it is there any um is there any like really crazy weird tale from the road you can share something just like, you know, a spinal tap moment or something crazy that happened while you were out <laughs> on the road? Uh, not really. Uh, everything is so organized and well-structured. So these things doesn't really happen too often. Uh, I mean, except for like inflatables, not going up on stage and, uh, maybe some misangled uh, pyro part or anything, but <clears throat> there is one 
one thing I always answer <laughs> to this kind of question is like, we were in Germany. Uh, I think we were in Hamburg, maybe. Not sure. Uh, so we had three buses on that tour. It was like a really big headline tour. <clears throat> and I had a had a bit of a bad stomach that day. And I before we well, after the show, I told my like tour manager, like, hey, hey, do we when when is the bus call? Yeah, it's uh, one one a.m. or something like that. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went up to the bus after the show and I had a few whiskeys and I played PlayStation. And uh when it was like 12:30 or something, midnight. I told him like, okay, I'm just gonna use the bathroom one more time before we leave, you know. He was like, okay, cool. So I put on my flip flops. I went in shorts and t-shirt and took my backstage pass with me and like, okay, I'm just gonna use the bathroom. And the crew and at the venue, they were like, okay, cool, no worries, man. So I did go, went in there, did my business, and when I came back, uh, I had we have this uh, magnetic keys to the bus, right? Uh, and I just like, okay, this is my bus and the key didn't work. And then I checked the license plates and was like, hmm, okay, this is not our bus because those three buses look the same. So I tried to open uh, a crew bus. <laughs> okay, cool. And, that, and then I tried the next bus. Huh, this is not our bus either. And of course the whiskey didn't help, right? Yeah. So and now that was like, okay, cool. Then it's just the third bus. And then I went to the other side of the second bus and it's like huh there is no third bus where is our bus <laughs> uh and turns out they left yeah. so i stood there <laughs> so i stood there with with my like shorts and t-shirt and flip-flops freezing my ass off because yeah midnight in europe isn't really hot you know <laughs> And, and 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 one of the crew buses left because they had bus call as well. So I was like slamming the door to the uh, second tour bu- uh, crew bus and was like, guys, let me in. And no one opened. <laughs> uh, and there was no driver there because he, they were going a bit later, apparently. I was like, oh, fuck. So I took my phone out and I called our tour manager and he didn't answer and also to the story it's like he is he's american so the it took a while for me to 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 uh actually call him because i had to call us and they had to redirect the signal back right so each phone call was like five minutes before or maybe, maybe maybe not five but it felt like five minutes maybe just two minutes but still i tried to call him like five times not a single answer. And then I got a hold of my bass player, I believe, uh, in the bus because he was still up. Uh, and he, and he <laughs> had the, the driver to, to to turn back and get me. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got left in uh, Hamburg in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was that was horrible. I was so cold, a bit panicky, you know, like, what do I do if they don't... If, if they realize too late, you know, if, if they're past halfway to the next city and yeah. Oh yeah. So I, had to, so I had to stand there for another 30 minutes before they came back. And then I jumped up on yeah. the bus and 
<laughs> yeah, if everybody had gone to sleep, they could have not realized you were gone till the following morning. That would have been awful. <laughs> oh yeah, Oof. yeah, Crack- that would be horrible. I mean, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss the show because that uh, second crew bus was still there, so I could just crash in the sure. in the lounge or whatever. But, but uh, since they didn't open either, I was like, holy shit, what do I do? You know, yeah, <laughs> who do I call except for my my band members and if they're asleep i don't know tales from the road well it all worked out sounds like um well man i don't want to take any more of your time um i'm grateful that you spent some time with us i hope folks kind of learned a little bit more about uh you as a player and you as a person um i obviously i think a lot of the folks that are with us and that'll um see this are fans already um but i encourage folks to share this um um, not for me, but really for Jacques and for Amana Marth, uh, find ways to dimensionalize these guys in their music, um, you know, to, to encourage people to try and, um, you know, build their fan base. Um, you know, it, it, um, I, I don't, and I don't say that just as a, as a commercial invitation. I say it because I think, and this is an opinion, of course, but the music, um, I think it matters. Like, and it matters from uh, the standpoint of, I think people find, cool emotional release with the, with their music. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, one of the things that I've talked about with anthropologists who study metal culture is how therapeutic it is. Uh, and I think your, your music falls into that class of music that in addition to being thrilling and fun to watch, I also think it has additional uh, value to it. And it's one of the reasons I'm kind of passionate about um, sharing is uh, I think that um, because when folks are not always going to hear it on pop radio, finding ways to to share the music is really important and that's one of the reasons i do this show uh so Jacques, uh it's probably late are you in sweden now i got you in sweden yeah yeah so gosh what time is it for you right now it's uh 11 30 p.m okay i, I almost mean, midnight. <laughs> that's that's yeah so that's uh, i'd forgotten the time um you probably need to be getting shuffling off to sleep um, no, it's all good. It's all good. I normally sit up and play Warzone by now, so it's uh, okay. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> ah, so folks can watch. Uh, do you want to share your call sign, or you don't want to publicize your call sign, your your username? No, I mean people can join me on my Discord, and then then we can there you go talk from there. <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a good avenue. Um, all right, man. Well, um, thanks again. Um, we'll, we'll, uh, after we sign off, um, in the hours ahead, I'll get this out to all of the other places for people to be able to download it and watch it. Um, all right. But my gratitude to you, um, stick around for a second after I play the outro, we'll say goodbye. Um, and until then you take care. All right. You too. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Bye-bye. Cheers.